Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Pump Fake day after Week 17 Sunday around the NFL. Jarrett Bailey joined by Matt Verderama, fan cited. Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, you said you're watching Beverly Hills Cop on New Year. How was that? <laughs> it was good. It was fun. Uh, yeah. I, I love that movie. So I enjoyed watching that more than uh, the New Year's Eve programming, which is just awful. Awful. I watched the uh, I watched the Ohio State Georgia game. I watched the second half of the Michigan game, and then uh, yeah, I sat down and I was like, I'm not watching Ryan Seacrest ever. So uh, I'm going to watch something that's actually worth my time. <laughs> and I sat down and watched uh, Beverly Hills Cop. It's a great movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. Have you watched Glass Onion yet? I highly recommend. It's fantastic. I don't know if you've seen like the first of that little new, um, a little cinematic, I don't want to call it universe, but uh, the first Knives Out movie is very good. This is like a continuation of that. Has nothing to do with the first movie, but it's very good. And Daniel Craig's brilliant in it. So highly recommend. It's on Netflix. I'll have to watch it. I, uh, if you're into murder mystery stuff, it, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I, you know, I actually, I normally don't watch like most any television unless it's sports or it's like a rerun of a sitcom. I enjoy just to laugh. Like it's the only sure. reason I'll sit there and watch TV is to laugh if I'm just stressed out. But I, um, I've actually watched a lot of like documentaries and stuff lately. I watched this isn't a documentary, but I watched uh, All's Quiet on the Western Front, which is a Netflix movie about World War One, mm. um, which obviously was not a, a comedy. Um, but I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm into the history of, uh, war and whatnot. So I sat down and watched that. That was, that was very well done. It took a little, like, it's a very slow movie, but it was, it was, it was very good. Um, yeah, now, you know, I'm, I'm trying now that, now that we're getting toward the end of the season, I have a little more time because I don't have to sit there and care about 32 teams. I don't have to care about. You know, fourteen and then seven, or fourteen and then and then what eight and then you know four and two. Yeah. Do you have any uh, resolutions? Are you somebody who makes resolutions? No, uh, I, I don't. I, because I break them in an hour. Um, no, I'm not going to waste my time disappointing myself. Uh, I I really just kind of feel like if you just I don't know. I mean, like I I understand why people do it. Like my mother's a huge. Like I'm sure she has like 87 New Year's resolutions, <laughs> none of which she'll keep by February. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I feel like if you live the way you want to on a day in day out basis, you don't have to have a bunch of resolutions. Like yeah, I mean, I'd love to sit here and be like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. But like if 10 pounds is like the biggest problem I have, I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> I'm just not. I can't get. I can't get worked up enough about it to be. This is it. This is my life. Like that's my biggest problem in my life. Yeah. You've known me for a while now. I think I don't make resolutions either. But I think if I were to make one, it would be uh, less cynical. <laughs> I think I just am a cynical person at heart. <laughs> I, I I feel like, you know, not just you, but in general, like that's just kind of like who you are, right? Like I mean, I, at some point, like you just. Like, like, but I mean, like like me, like I'm impatient. I'm not going to become more yeah. patient. I'm 34 years old. I'm the, like, my patience is gone. I have two kids now. Yeah. Like, any any hope of patience is gone. So like, I I'm not patient. I'm not. I'm terrible at that. Like I, um, and we can talk about the NFL, but I um, yeah. I collect baseball cards, like vintage baseball cards. Not not all this shit now, where there's like a hundred different subsets of what I like. I when I was a kid. My whole thing was like, I'm going to get like one card of every great player from like the 50s on. And I thought it was completely unattainable. And as time has gone on, I've mostly been able to do it. And then, you know, thankfully through through my job and whatnot, I've been able to like a little more and more. And so the, the point being, um, what, what, diesel engine just drive by your house? Yeah, I don't, dude, uh, I live by like a main road. And every once in a while, you'll hear, if I'm doing a show, you'll hear something yeah, that annoying. Things but, uh, Point of the story is I've started to put together like complete sets from like the fifties and the sixties and the seventies. And I started doing it as a hobby. I'm like, I'll just chip away at it over time. I'm not patient enough to do it over time. Like I have an obsession with putting the entire set together as fast as humanly possible. So like, I will just, it doesn't matter. Like I, the cost goes out the window. I just have to do it. I have to be done with it. I'm a completionist. 
I'm never going to be patient about that. I'm already figuring out ways like how I can afford certain things. And if my wife ever finds out I'm buying, I'm probably divorced. But um, that's fine. You know, I'm willing, I'm willing to take that risk. Well, I'll touch on one thing that I do uh, before we get into this. Well, it's two things, actually. One that's pretty well along, one that I'm starting. Um, I'm like, you see the stuff I'm I'm a big Batman dork. So like I'm trying to get a, a Funko Pop of every Batman character there ever was. So far, it's going well. Um, I've got I've ordered three more this week and it's a cheap hobby. So that's nice. Um, I started a mini helmet collection, but they all have to be throwback helmets. Um, I want to get one of every team. Some of them are going to be a lot more difficult than others, um, but I just purchased uh, a 60s Oilers one yesterday. So that's like the start of this. So that'll be my little next project that we'll see. We'll see where it takes me. Um, in terms of this past week, we'll start last night, Sunday Night Football, Steelers, Ravens. I don't know, man. <laughs> like a month ago, a month and a half ago, the Steelers are three and seven. They're going to have a top 10 pick. And I've, I came to terms of like, all right, you know, new direction of the team, see what they can get. Right. And then they play a bunch of bad teams and they beat them. And the past couple weeks, um, the offense has looked dead for 56 minutes. And then Kenny Pickett plays well <laughs> down the stretch. He made no one has been harder on Kenny Pickett than I this year. He made his three best throws as a Steeler last night. The one to Fryermuth, the one to Steven Sims, and then the dart on the run to Najee Harris to score. Um, I don't know if he's the guy, but the last two weeks have, uh, have done a lot for his case and done a lot for Mike Tomlin's case too, because somehow, some way here we are going into week 18 and the Steelers after starting three and seven are in the thick of it in large part because of him. I mean, I wrote about Mike Tomlin last night, late last night. Um, I felt compelled to after the game. It wasn't going to make my column because my column was essentially filed and finished. But I was like, I'm going to add this thing about Tomlin because he's just been unbelievable. Mike Tomlin is the most underappreciated coach in football. You know, I can't. How many Steelers fans have seen over the years? Are like, they should fire him. They haven't won. And but it's like, bro, if they fired Mike Tomlin, they should fold that franchise. I mean, and I mean that genuinely. Like, they should fold the Pittsburgh Steelers if they fire Mike Tomlin. That man is the only reason the Steelers have been relevant for the last like three or four seasons. He's it. Because from a national perspective, looking at them, I mean, they have a handful of guys, but that team is not – you're not looking at the Steelers and go, wow, they're just loaded with talent. I mean, Frymouth's fine. Pickens is a good young rookie. I like him a lot. Um, that offensive line is not good. Like, they – I mean, they don't have any offensive weapon who you consider like an elite player. I mean, Pickens no. may become one. But he's not an elite player yet. Like they, they don't have one pro bar on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they, they don't have anybody on the offensive side who you look at and say, "Yeah, that guy's a great player." Harris played like one last night. He was incredible. 111 um, yards and 22 carries last he night. He was great. He, I thought it was the best game I've ever seen him play. Um, and then, of course, defensively they have Watt and Hayward and Fitzpatrick. Get it? But I mean, that, that, look, that Steelers team. If you if you have them coached by an average coach, that team's winning like six games. I mean, it's just they just are. And, you know, Kenny Pickett's a weird guy because early on he was throwing picks like they were going out of style. Now he's Especially not. That Sunday night game against Miami, too, on a national stage, he throws three of them, and none yeah. of them were pretty. No, and he, and he threw a bunch against the Jets. And, and yeah. I know they, I know the one was a Hail Mary. I get it. But, I, I mean, right. he like, he's been really improved over the last, I don't know, month and not turning the ball over. And, you know, my thing was like, all right, that's cool. He's not turning the ball over. That's a big step. But that is. But now, like, I want to see you actually make some plays that matter. And for as you've said, and you're right, like, for 56 minutes, I mean, he didn't do anything. I mean, no. they, they, they couldn't move the ball for a foot other than Harris running it. And then all of a sudden on that last drive, they got down there and scored. It was funny watching the game. I always kind of wait till teams get in the red zone on those drives and the quarterback, like, pick it because it's like, all right, it's easy to move the ball between the 20s on a drive like that because the other team knows you got to score a touchdown. They're going to trade time, whatever. What happens when the field's condensed and you've got to gun the ball in there? And I give it to Pickett, man. On that play for that touchdown, I thought he was going to get sacked immediately. I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to, it's going to be fourth and goal from the you know, 17 or whatever the hell it was. I got to hand to him. I thought eluding the sack was as impressive as the throw. I mean, I thought he was going to get killed. 
And then it was one of those balls, and he threw it forever. The reason I was like, oh my god, he's gonna throw a pick. Like he just just the way the ball hit him right in the hands it was a great throw. Um, I don't know if he's the guy or not. Like I, I'm a little over the proclamations this morning of like, oh, he's that guy. Like all right, come so, on. so over that. Like yes. breathe, breathe. Okay, Jared Stidham just looked like Tom Brady. He is not Tom Brady, <laughs> but. Two pickets on dying credit, like that was a legitimate moment in the kid's career. Like that, if he ends up being good or very good, like that's something you'll go back to and go, that was when he kind of became, you know, or showed glimmers of who he could be. Coming out party. But I think it's, I think it's also like now go beat the crap out of Cleveland. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're going to be the future or anything else, not that if he doesn't be Cleveland, they're going to move on or anything, but like if you're, if you're going to build off that, don't dissipate. Go out and throw for 250 yards and three touchdowns. Cleveland's defense stinks. They're playing for nothing. Go out and dominate the game. Win the game. I know this is nuts. I think if they win this game, they're going to go to the playoffs. Because I don't think the Dolphins are winning with Skylar Thompson. And I don't think the Pats are going to Fox or going to New, uh, Buffalo, rather, excuse me, and win that game. Which is incredible. If the Steelers make the playoffs, they should have a parade for that team. So, if the Steelers make the playoffs, they should give Tomlin Coach of the Year. I, I'm not against it. At all. Like, they should put him in the Hall of Fame before the wild card game. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Dude, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say they're terrible because, like, they have some guy, But, like, they're not. No, they're I not mean, a team. You, you look put at it well when you said that if they were coached by an average coach, they'd be a six-win team. I think that that's a fair statement to make. Yeah. I mean, um, if, they, if they were coached by, I don't know, you know, Marvin Lewis, North Turner, wait, like, they're, they're going, like, six and 11. Sure. To start. Yeah, and <sighs> – there has to be and look, I'm I'm a fan of this team and whatnot, so I was already very over the entire proclamations that you touched on about ten minutes after the game. There's gotta be a happy medium where I immediately after I said, you know what, tip of the cap to pick it. That was a hell of a drive, hell of a throw, great job. Um for my grades for Sports Illustrated, they'll be out right now. I gave him an A. He played like solely for that drive. You look at his stats, they weren't great. You got 15 to 27 for I think like a buck 67. Granted, they ran the ball for almost 200 yards, so they didn't necessarily need him to make a ton of plays with his arm. Right. And they're not asking him to do too much. But when they did, he he delivered. Um, I don't know, man. If you get a real offensive coordinator in there next year, like if you get Frank Reich in there, I would be very in- interested to see what he can do with Pickett because we've seen you know, what he did with Wentz, which by the way, looking back on that now, Frank Reich should get a Nobel Prize for 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 that job. Um, if they can get a legitimate offensive coordinator, I would be I'd be very excited to see what they can do with Pickett. Yeah. Um I mean look, Matt Canada is not the answer. I don't I don't have this like visceral hatred of them that some people do. I just think they they very limited. But I, I mean you know, see that then that's always the, the question of this too. Like you and I argued for two years about Roethlisberger. About like, it, was closer to like it was closer to a year. <laughs> like, you got to open up the offense. I'm like they can't. They cannot do that. He can't throw the done. ball ten yards. Like he yeah. has no arm. Now Pickett can throw the ball ten yards. But like my question with Pickett, Pickett is like, can you play the way the Bengals play with him? That's the can thing. You, can you play the way the Bills and the Chiefs play with him? Where it's like, look, Kenny, you're throwing forty times, bro. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, how does what does that look like? That probably looks like a murder scene. Like, I, I don't know that you can do that. Now, maybe he grows into that, but right now he cannot do that. That's and why we've, seen it, we've seen it on a couple instances where they've had to have him do that. And it's not necessarily on him that he had to do that. The games against Buffalo where they lost by a billion right, points. Like how those games turn out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, it's that's why like I understand the people who scream about Matt Canada, but I'm also like, look. How else do you want to play? It's the same conversation I have with Ravens fans about Greg Roman. And these people who are like, they, you know, they just fire Greg Roman and they got to open up the pass game. It's like they're not built to do that. They will no. get killed if they do that. Like, I think sometimes fans just have to have an honest conversation with themselves. Okay. Everybody knows, despite covering the league and whatnot. Okay. I grew up and remained a Chiefs fan. Yeah. The Chiefs yesterday in their first 40 plays against the Broncos, who were missing their top six defensive linemen from the beginning of the year. Top six. The Chiefs in their first 40 plays ran seven times. Just utterly refused to do it. We're leading most of that time. We're always within a score. They just absolutely were like, nope, not going to do it. Like, just refuse. And they don't care. Like, that, and it drives me insane. 
I'm a child of the nineties. Like on some level, I'm like, my God, can you run the ball occasionally? But they, they will not do it. They get in the third and one, they won't run. They're the worst team in the world on third and one. They won't run the ball. But my point is, you know, as, as a just removing myself from covering the sport as a fan of them, as much as it drives me crazy, like I just have to accept it. It's, it's what they are. It's who they are. And maybe to some extent, you know what? It's a smart thing to do because of who you have playing quarterback. The Ravens are the example the other way. It's like they've got to get Lamar 35 to 40 attempts. It's like, no, they don't. That will not end well. And not be caught – like, there's always just, like, a weird thing with him where it's like you've got to be unbelievably to one side of the coin or the other. Yeah. Like you either have to think he can't throw a five-yard pass or you've got to think he's Joe Montana and Greg Roman is committing a felony by holding him back. It's like, no, the truth is he's a good thrower. He's not a great thrower. And if you ask him to throw the ball like Allen and Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert are asked to 40, 45 times a game, it's not going to end well. Some weeks will be fine. Some weeks will be tire fires. Like, that's the reality of it. And that's why the Ravens and Greg Roman play the way they play. There's a reason for it. And I think the Steelers, there's a reason they play the way they play. If they were like, hey, Kenny, we want you to throw it 40 times. Hit that deep out. Yeah, they lose by 30 points. They have a great defense. Like, play that way. That's how they should be playing. Yeah, and you touched on the Chiefs, too. I mean, this is, for the last month or so, they haven't looked like the Chiefs that we're accustomed to, whether it was the Texans taking them to overtime, uh, even the first game against Denver where they had a big lead to blow it, and then this game. Um, yeah, what seems to be the uh, the issue there? Obviously, they're winning these games, but it's uh, it's not what we're accustomed to. How much time do you have? <laughs> what, are, what are their issues? Well, first of all, they. I mean, I will I will tell you right now, and I, I would bet my mortgage on this. Okay. If they lose in the playoffs, it's going to be because of one of two reasons. Their special is one of them special teams? Okay. Absolutely. Their special teams is <clears> – I am almost to the point when they are ready to field the punt, they just should not put a returner back there. Just let the ball drop. I don't give a shit if it rolls 70 yards. I don't care anymore. Like I, <laughs> They are guaranteed to fumble a punt return again. Doesn't matter who it is back there. Sky Moore, they finally stopped putting Sky Moore back there because he fumbles every time he tries to return a kick. I'm not even kidding. His fumble rate on punt returns has got to be like 30%. It's unbelievable. So they finally stopped that. Then they put Kadarius Tony back there. Kadarius Tony also can't stop fumbling the football. He fumbled and lost the fumble because he just, he has this syndrome where he thinks he can beat 11 guys every single time he catches a punt. And he always beats like the first two, and then he just immediately fumbles on the third one. Ball's in the wrong hand. Ball's carried like a little Fred, whatever. And then Harrison Bucker, who's been one of the best kickers in football for years, cannot hit a field goal. Cannot hit an extra point. Just cannot kick. And there's this big controversy with the Chiefs as to whether or not it's because of the holder or the kicker. I don't know who the hell's wrong, but whoever it is stinks because they can't figure it out, and they've been off all year long. Um, and then their turnovers. I mean, they turn the ball over constantly. They have one of the worst ratios in the league. Mahomes yesterday threw one of the worst picks I've ever seen in life. It hit Justin Simmons in the chest in the end zone. On the red zone. Yeah. Ball should have been 10 rows deep. It was third and goal from the 10 yard line. He just threw it right at him. Um, Mahomes really did not play well yesterday, but he threw for three touchdowns. And no one outside of who watched that game will actually realize that. But Mahomes is not their problem. Mahomes has been brilliant 99% of the year. Their problem is they turn the ball over too much, and their special teams is a tire fire. Like, whenever I picture them losing in a playoff game, it's Harrison Bucker missing, like, three kicks. That's – I mean, because that – or, like, they fumble two returns. You know, they give up 14 cheap points. That's how they lose. That's how they lost the Bills and the Bengals. Both – I mean, just, just constant miscues. Like, just stupid, ridiculous things. You know, that Texans game, if you look at the box score of that game – the Chiefs annihilated Houston. They had like 500 yards, like a buck 90 or something. Yeah. Turn the ball over. Just fumbled in their own red zone, missed a field goal, uh, missed an extra point. I mean, just like we did. And they had a second term. So I can't remember. No, it wasn't Mahomes throwing a pick. They fumbled again. Did multiple times. Like, it was just a ridiculous football game. Um, but they keep winning them. So. Andy Reid gets up to the podium every week and he's like, it's fine. We played great. And you know, like it, it's not like yesterday, he literally walked up to the podium and was like, thought special teams was good. You know, like, it's just like 
everybody in Kansas City Irish rolled back so far. I think that they actually went through the back of their skulls. Like, how could you possibly think that? Like, there's no way you actually believe that. But he says it every week. And then nothing changes. So you're like, you must actually believe that somehow. In terms of teams, if Kansas City does uh, end up with the two seed, which, I mean, is very possible, what teams, uh, as a Chiefs fan, would you not want them to face? Uh, out of all the three that are likely going to get it, it would be either New England, Miami, or Pittsburgh. I saw Peter Schrager this morning on GMFB saying, I don't want to play this Steelers team right now. And I was like, all right, Peter, slow down a little bit. I think anybody yeah, would Peter, be fine. Peter playing. was uh, feeling the Steelers pretty good. I like Peter. Peter was. I do. I like Peter a lot, um, but I, I thought that, yeah, he was definitely feeling Pittsburgh a lot this morning. Um, in terms of those three, if, if two is healthy, I think that the Dolphins are the easy one. You're like, yeah, I don't want yeah. – I, I don't think that they would win. I still think Kansas City would win, but in terms of those three, you know, if you had the choice of, all right, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, or Tua, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill, I know which one I, I want to see the, the least. Okay, yeah, so if two is healthy, it's Miami by a mile because yeah. they're the best team. If he's not healthy and it's Skylar Thompson – I don't know, man. I mean, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I, I guess, I, I guess I would say Pittsburgh for one reason, Tomlin. Like they could just have a game where they run the ball down your throat and they play good defensively, and you find yourself in a seventeen fourteen game in the fourth quarter. And you get Baltimore last night where it's just one drive and they can put it together. I I just – I don't – like Kenny Pickett, we might look back and go, yeah, he's a really good player. Like Mac Jones is not good. No. I, Mac Jones is not beating Kansas City at Arrowhead. I'm sorry, he's just not. That's not happening. I don't think Kenny Pickett's doing it either. I don't think Tua's doing it. No. But if Tua is healthy, I would say the Dolphins are the scariest team. If he's not healthy – I got to be honest. I don't think any of those teams have any shot of going in there and beating them. No, I don't either. But Pittsburgh, because of their pass rush, because they can shorten the game, I would say they scare me more than the Steel or more than the Pats. And then if the Dolphins have Skyler Thompson, I'm sorry. I mean, that's just that's not happening. That's like he might put up sixty. And that's the other thing they have the defense. Right. So, I mean, they they would probably look worse than I did a minute ago when I sprayed myself in the face of my water bottle. Nice. Hey, you know what? Honestly, it was a little refreshing. It's a little hot. I bet, I bet it was. No, it was it was one of those things. It's one of those like pressure water bottles. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK. And, like the goal is uh, having hockey. Yeah. 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 I felt like get through the helmet and I yeah. like a dope. I, I took the Gatorade bottle out of my mouth about a quarter second too early. Luckily, it was mostly air. But uh yeah, it took, took a little bit of an early shower. Um, in, in terms of like how that would go for Miami, like we we saw how bad Pittsburgh did last year in the wild card round. Right. I think that Miami would be worse. I don't think like here's the problem for the Dolphins. They can't stop anybody. No. And if they like the one thing I will say for the Chiefs, um because since we're talking about them. Sure. The Chiefs have done this in the past. Where in the regular season, if you go back and look at the year they went fourteen and two, went to the Super Bowl against Tampa, like they did this relentlessly down the stretch. They'd get up, then they'd lose the whole lead. They'd hold on. They didn't cover one game for like a month and a half, like two months. It was ridiculous. And then every single one of the games led by like twenty points. And they would just blow the whole lead. They would do stupid crap, and then they would kind of like amble their way out there. I think they just got bored. That. Honest to God, I literally think that's what it is with this team. Like, they just – there was a game earlier this year. They played the Rams. and like Bryce mm. Perkins. Was Bryce Perkins, yeah. I always want to say Hopkins because they also have Bryce and Hopkins. Bryce yeah. Perkins. And the Chiefs were up like 20 to 10 with, I don't know, like eight minutes left. And it was just an ugly game. Like, they clearly didn't care. They got down near the goal line. And Mahomes had all day and, like, just for fun, decided to throw, like, a no-look sidearm pass to Kelsey. And it was an awful throw, and he got picked off. <laughs> and, like, you could tell he was really annoyed, but, like, the entire rest of the team was just laughing because, like, they just – it was like, ah, look at that. We'll make fun of him tomorrow. Like, they just don't care. And, like, then they immediately picked off Bryce Perkins on the next yeah. play. And they were like, that's the game. Like, that, that's fine. They play with a lot of fire from, like, my perspective, and I think the perspective of most people who watch them. But from their perspective, I don't think they ever feel like they're playing with fire. They play, like – yeah, it's fine. Whatever. We'll win. Like It's fine. And then they get in the playoffs. 
And they, to their credit, have a tendency to just, they go nuts. Like, it's like they, it's, oh, it's almost like they've been forced to, to like wait five months. And then they get in these games. I mean, not to bring up a bad memory, but it's kind of like that Steelers game where like that, you know, the playoff game where they, Mahomes throws a pick. Then they have a ridiculous fumble that TJ Watt runs. Yeah. In. And then it was like, all right, fine. Fine. We'll I, I guess we have to play this game, and then just annihilated Pittsburgh for the next like three quarters. And then Tyreek just torments yeah, I Joe mean, Hayden the for calls before the half, for like whatever, yeah, fifty yard. Yeah. And it was just like they were just like, okay, fine, whatever, we'll play the game, and then just went and just and they have a tendency in that year in twenty twenty that I brought up. They played the Browns in the divisional round. They got the bye. They played Cleveland. They were they were on their way to steamroll in Cleveland. Then Mahomes got knocked out with a concussion. Yeah, and it's like a game where like Henny throws a ridiculous pick, and they're like they're teetering on the edge of oblivion, and they have fourth and one at the fifty yard line with a minute to go. Cleveland has no timeouts. So if they put the ball there, they're winning the game. They're up five points. Andy's Andy's like, nope, we're going for it. And they and everybody to the to to a man in the world's like there's no way they're gonna go for this. They do they throw the ball to Tyreek Hill first down. Then the next week they play Buffalo. They get down nine nothing immediately. They muff the punt. Yeah, the muff punt that led to the nine nothing. Everybody in Kansas is like, oh god. Then she's like, all right, fine, and score thirty eight straight points. Just immediately, like that's it, game's over. Like and. So I kind of expect that from them. I think this well, even game, even the Texans game where they got down twenty four and they're like fine. And it's fine. fifty one points. Like they just the AFC title game. They're down ten. Not, they were down ten nothing in seventeen seven. Then ripped off twenty eight straight points. Like they, I fully expect them to struggle against the Raiders on Saturday. That game is absolutely going to come down to the fourth quarter. Jared Stidham will look like God. Jacobs will run for a buck twenty. Like they will do everything imaginable to keep that game close, and then if they if they end up the one seed, the you know if they get like Jacksonville in the divisional round, everybody's gonna be like, I'll tell you what, you know, Trevor Lawrence is gonna come in there, and then Chiefs will just absolutely pace them by thirty points. Or if they get one of these three teams in the, in the wild card round, we're all gonna be, like, you know, it could be an upset, could be an upset, and then it'll just be like Mahomes will throw for four hundred and five touchdowns. You'll see twenty plays the that they've been practicing since July that they haven't run yet, like. They don't. That's the one thing that is truly crazy about them. They will like you always hear fan says, but it actually is true with them. People are like, you know, they're saving stuff for the playoffs. Like, they actually do that. They they're so confident in themselves during the season. They're like, we don't even have to use a quarter of the playbook. It's fine. And then they get in the playoffs and they'll run some bullshit. You're like, what the hell's that? Like, what the hell's happened all season long? And it's like, and then like after the game, end of it, you know, had those dozen plays saved for this game. We drew those up in May. And like meanwhile, like they lost to the Colts and struggled to beat Houston. But like wouldn't use one of those plays in one of those games. You know, but in any event, yes. Yeah. So uh we're we're way off topic. But yes, uh okay. expect, expect the unexpected when it comes to the Chiefs, good and bad in the postseason. Sort of sticking with the Chiefs because we'll talk about the MVP race, considering what happened with the Eagles uh the last couple of weeks with Gardner Minshew at the helm. Everybody and their mothers coming out and saying, see, this is why Jalen's MVP. You put Gardner Minshew in there and look what happens. Um, I understand that Jalen Hurts has had a fantastic year. I know that you're probably still on the boat that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, rightfully so. I think that we're kind of in that same boat. Um, but in terms of the Eagles, they now they're playing for the division this weekend against Dallas, if I'm not right. mistaken. And I know, then, they're against uh, they're against the Giants. No, they against the Giants, and then it's Commanders, Cowboys. Then okay, yeah, I got those mixed. Regardless, though, I mean, it's a game that they got to win. Giants aren't going to be playing anybody. They they have nothing. We touched on this last night in the space. They have zero to play for. It's going to be you and I playing for the Giants this coming week. Regardless, though, um, if if Jalen Hurts is back, that is big for them. But if not, I mean, if you're if you're Dallas, you win this game and the Eagles lose, eh, AFC the NFC's got a lot more interesting. So did the NFC playoff picture. So here's what's going to happen, though: the the Giants are locked into the six. They don't give a shit about this game. No, they're going to rest everybody. The Eagles are going to have a hundred points. They'll be the one seed. The NFC to me is pretty straightforward. The Eagles are going to be the one. The Niners are going to the Niners are going to do things that should be behind a paywall to the Cardinals. Okay, that'll be two. The Vikings. You know it's unbelievable. I don't know if you're aware of this. I tweeted this out last night. The Vikings are a twelve win team. The Bears are a three win team. They're only a one point favorite they're over a Chicago. One point favorite yeah. in a game like they're actually going to try to win. 
it's it's impossible. It's so by the way, the Bears, who are a three-win team, which is also yeah. just absurd. There's a nine-win disparity between these two teams. Fields was seven of twenty-one against the Lions. With an and, ug- as ugly a pick as you'll see thrown to Aiden Hutchinson. By the way, we gotta have a real at some point here, we gotta have an honest conversation about Justin Fields. Like not like one of these media-driven, like let's be the first one to anoint him as king of the world. Like he is an incredible athletic talent. And I think mm-hmm. and I I truly truly believe he's going to be an excellent quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I love him coming out of Ohio State. I, I still love his talent. Like they're they're a dumpster fire around that kid right now. Like absolutely. I, but they traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool, Matt. It's gonna end up as the third overall pick in the draft. Chase was nice enough to come and stack the box, but it was he is not worth the second round pick. Okay. I think Chase Claypool will tell you that. But these people who just every time there's like a highlight of him running Justin Fields oh my God, like just stop. Just stop. Like it look, that's great. And it's an amazing asset to have that he can run like that. He's got to win more consistently from the pocket. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact the Bears stink. Okay. And they can't protect him and they don't receive. Like, I'm not, I'm not placing that at his feet. But what I am saying is before we turn him into God, can we like can, can he not go seven to twenty-one against the Lions, please? I mean, that is one thing about sports media that I am, I'm so offended by my brethren, like this idea that we have to just anoint everybody. And we live in this highlight culture where Mm. if a guy has a great highlight or two, that's somehow the narrative of the player. And that's ridiculous. Like if you talk to actual personnel people, they will tell you like, take away the guy's best three plays. Who is he after that? Is he still a really good quarterback or did he just have three really good plays? That's why you and I disagree to the hilt on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the st- he is the standard bearer for the guy who has three throws in a game where you're like, oh my God, look at the way he fit that ball in. And then you'll get the rest of his game that didn't make it to Twitter. And you're like, yeah, yesterday was a perfect uh, example of that. <laughs> you watch these games and you're like three brutal picks. Like, but you'll only see the throw where you're like, man, he hit, he hit. You know, McCord or a 75-yard touchdown. Look at that seed. And it's like, yeah, that's great. See the rest of the game? When he missed 12 guys were wide open and he took seven sacks he shouldn't have taken. They threw three picks. Like, and I'm not you – know, he's just one example of many. But, like, there are – like, Kyler Murray is another guy like that. Kyler Murray is the poster child for two unbelievable throws, one incredible scramble, and 27 plays you want back. Like, but, but nobody ever talks about that. Because to throw on third and seven that went 10 feet over DeAndre Hopkins' head, that doesn't make Twitter. That yeah. doesn't make Sports Center. But the play where he hit, you know, Hollywood Brown on a post, that, that's the play that everybody's like, sign him up. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, except for all the other shit, which is why they stink. Um, but in, in any event, no, I think Phil's going to be very good. But I, I do think we have to kind of, honestly, just to be fair to the kid, like calm down a little bit. Yeah. Because then what happens is if he, has a year next year, which is good but not great. People are going to be like, "Oh, what the hell happened?" It's like, yeah. "Well, nothing happened. Your expectations were insane." Um, Especially what he's got around him right now. Like the offensive line's really bad. Terrible. He's throwing to Velas Jones, Chase Claypool, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. Pringle. Come on, like relax. Give the kid a chance with yeah. honest expectations. The NFC playoff picture, though: Eagles are going to be one, Niners will be the two, Vikings will be the three, Bucks are the four. Dallas is going to be the five. The Giants are the six. And I think the Packers are probably going to be the seven. Which, by the um, way, speaking of teams that were improbable looking, you know, four and eight, Packers rattling off possibly five wins, getting all yep. the help that they needed along the way. That's remarkable. It's incredible. Um, I, I led my column with it. I led my column with uh, that whole scenario because the Packers, to me, it's, it's insane. Their last four games are plus nine in the turnover ratio. You want to know why they're winning? That's why they're winning. Yeah. Uh, that and they run the ball really well. So Keyshawn Nixon has also been a godsend for that team. Yeah, I wrote about him too. Yep. Yeah, he's been amazing. They traded out Amari Rogers, who couldn't stop fumbling the ball for for Nixon, who's been great. Um, no, listen, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Now, here's the thing. Talk about honest conversations. Okay. If they are the seventh seed, which if they get in the playoffs, they will be. Probably facing the 49ers who have had their number. Yeah. And you're going to hear all week long, Purdy and Rodgers, Purdy and Rodgers, Purdy and Rodgers. And when nobody's going to talk about it, it's the entire rest of the team, the entire rest of the team, the entire rest of the team. Like, the Packers are not beating that team. I'm sorry. The only way they win that game 
is if it's one of these like weird, you know, like turnovers galore or something. The Niners, if you lined up the 20 best players in that game, how many of them are on San Francisco? 15, 15 of them? Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, the, if you're looking for an upset and the five, the five beating the four is not an upset because everybody thinks Dallas is a much better team than Tampa. Sure. If you're looking for an upset, and I don't even know if this qualifies, it's the Giants over. Giants and the Vikings, yeah, absolutely. The Vikings not, are if not for a 61 yard field goal, the Giants might win that game a few weeks ago. The Giants are a or excuse me, the Vikings are a colossal fraud. Like, like to a point that I, I can't even believe. Like, remember last year when people were like the Titans are frauds, like the Titans are frauds is once you the Titans are the 85 Bears compared to the Vikings. Bro, I watched the Vikings. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how that team ever wins a game. The only thing I will give them, and it's got to be said, in the fourth quarter of closed games, they're unbelievable. Somehow they just click at, at that time I, all the time. I wrote it in my column two weeks ago. I don't have it in front of me. Okay. Their point differential in one-score games in the fourth quarter is like plus 75. The rest of the time, it's literally negative, like a like ninety. It's our, ridiculous. Uh, our mutual buddy Mike Tanier tweeted out something that said, even if the Vikings win by forty nine against the Bears, they would still only have like a plus one point differential in the year or something crazy like that. Like it's that is absurd. It's and unbelievable. Jimmy Irvin pointed this out this morning on GMFB. Uh, let me pull up the, like the entirety of their schedule real quick because I don't want to uh, get this wrong. So. In terms of the games that they've lost, it's an absurd point differential. You look at the loss to the Eagles, 24 to 7. Um, if you look at what was the next game that they lost, they lost to the Lions 34 to 23, and then the loss to the Packers 41 17. They've only scored 50 points in their three losses. And the other team scored, I think it was a combined like 139 or something. So when they lose, they lose badly. And when they win, it seems that it's always got to be, I mean, they're what, 12 and 0 in close games, which is unheard of they're 11 and 0 in one score games that's absurd they've literally won one game that wasn't a one score game and it was week one like it's unbelievable it's impossible honestly in terms of who is the biggest threat to the eagles because this is for a team that good and we've talked about the nfc all year being like okay is anybody gonna break away in this conference outside of philly philly's really good the 49ers started to do that, then Garoppolo got hurt. Brock Purdy's a great story. I don't see him going into Lincoln and beating the Eagles. Like This feels like the Eagles conference to lose right now. Unless unless Dallas gets really hot, that's the only team outside of maybe San Francisco. I, I think that Dallas, just because Dak's there uh, and it's not Brock Purdy, the defense uh, has been solid all year and the weapons that they have. That's the only team I can really see uh, uh, upsetting Philadelphia. So I can, I mean, the Niners certainly can. I think Dallas could do it. Dallas could beat them. I, I think those two teams could do it. I don't think anybody else is knowing it. No, I, I don't think. The one thing about Dallas, and I'm going to write about this actually this week, or actually I already wrote about it. It's going up on Wednesday. The one thing about the Cowboys is Dak is going to be the ultimate wild card to me. Like he, he had going to get from Dak Prescott. He has games, man. Where he, he's just a guy. And he'll throw a pick or two and throw for a couple hundred yards. Like he's he's good. He's fine. Like I'm not saying he's, you know, Davis Mills, but like he's just fine. <laughs> then he has other games where he can he come with it. Like he can play with anybody. Um that's probably like he Dak is probably the biggest wild card for me in the NFC playoffs. Because if he plays well, they can beat anybody in the like one thing about the Cowboys, they can get after the quarterback. They can make your life very difficult. They have two good corners in Bland and Diggs. I know like Diggs is somewhat overrated because of all the picks, but he's a better player than people think he is. Sure. Um, you know, his detractors. They they're a really good team. And the one thing that does scare the hell out of me right now, Philadelphia, is all these injuries. Sweat had a scary injury yesterday. Yeah. He's tweeted out he's gonna be back this season. I hope he is. Uh Lane Johnson. I know he's just talking about playing through a core muscle. So dude, I have no idea what that's gonna look like. That could be like he tries to play and he just can't do it. Like yeah. I don't know. Or he plays and he's half of who he normally is. Jalen Hurts, I don't know. Like, what is that going to look like? I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, they had a lacerated kidney. Like, I don't know. Like, he's come back from that? Like, I don't know. That is, that is a lot. That is a lot of talent. And the one thing I will say with Philadelphia, it does concern me. 
They have not played many good quarterbacks all year long. No. They played Trevor Lawrence in a driving rainstorm early in the year, and they played Dak, and Dak let him up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> and Dalton, who's not that good, went out on 18 to 22 yesterday. Taylor like, Heineke let him up too in the first game against the Commanders. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing with them where it's like they might even get to the Super Bowl not having to face a good quarterback. But yeah, I mean, they get in there and they get out of the Mahomes, Herbert, like then what? What does that look like? I mean, does that look like, hey, they can handle them and they just haven't been tested that much? Or does that look like, oh, my God, Mahomes just threw a six-touchdown pass? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I will say this. Philadelphia, their sack numbers are unbelievable this year. Yeah. Oh, they are. I mean, they've added every defensive lineman and edge rusher under the sun this season. They brought in Linval Joseph and Sue. Um, not to mention, like, the guys that they already had at their disposal were really good. Like, they've – I credit Howie Roseman a lot for seeing guys that are available and saying, yeah, they can help us. Let's get them. Go get them right now. They've got Robert Quinn at the deadline. Like, they, there's, they've been as aggressive as any team throughout the last calendar year, and I give them a ton of credit for that. One of the other things that scares me is that this is a coach and quarterback combination that haven't won a playoff game. So this is uncharted yeah, territory. I mean, you don't know what you're going to have. I mean, it's just – you know, and, and look, this is a dream season for them. I remember I wrote a piece on them in the, in the summer about their offseason. I thought they had the best offseason in football. And so I wrote a piece talking to a bunch of sources in the league and around the Eagles. And, I mean, there was a belief, certainly, with them that they were going to be a playoff team. They were going to be good. But, I mean, I'll tell you flat out. I mean, they I, – I firmly don't think thought that they were going to be this good. I mean, I, I think there was an internal belief. Like, look, this team's better – this team's good, but like they were very aware that last year they snuck in the playoffs beating nobody. Like yeah. they knew that. Beating Ian Book on Monday night football. They knew they beat nobody. Everybody. I mean, they knew that. They would like literally they knew they knew that. They were very open about it. So, like, you know, talking to people around that team. So um for them, like all these upgrades, it was like, all right, we're gonna fortify ourselves as a playoff team. I don't think this was expected. I mean, I, I think they certainly believe in Hurts, and they thought he was going to be the guy. But I don't think anybody in that building was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to be undefeated and be the clear number one seed in the NFC." I don't I don't think that was the expectation. Um, but obviously now, I mean, expectations change, and they are where they are. Um, I think they will be the one seed, and look, they're going to have to win two games to go to the Super Bowl. You know, there's a, I mean, and there's a real chance too. Like, if the Giants do beat the Vikings, if the other games, you know, or the Cowboys winning and the Niners winning, like they don't have to play the Cowboys or the Niners because they get the Giants. So, it's interesting. It's really interesting. I, uh, I commend them on a great season to this point. I, I do as well. Um, and I think that when teams have seasons like this, we always try to poke holes in them. That's not what I'm trying to necessarily do with the Eagles. Um, rather, it's just there are concerns. And um, it'll, it'll be it'll be fun to watch in the playoffs. We got Bills Bengals tonight. Huge, maybe the game of the year thus far in terms of the ramifications that come with it. Um, these are two quarterbacks who I mean, have taken have become the darlings of the NFL in terms of how likable they are and how uh, how much their respective franchises have just revolved around them and what they've done for their teams. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. This is the first matchup of these two, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Um, so that'll be fun to watch going down in Cincinnati. Yep. What do you expect from this? We uh, talked to Perino a couple of days ago, uh, getting his uh, his perspective from a Bills Bills side uh, of things. Um, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to watch. You know, I I, gotta tell you, I think all things considered, like the timing of the game and the importance of the game and the two teams being involved in it, I think it's the best game of the season. Hmm. You know, I know you could sit there and say, oh, you know, Chief Bills or or you know whatever one of the NFC games, but like. To me, week seventeen, Monday night football. I mean, this is this is a great game. And thank God for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman getting this game because they were one Colts Chargers game away from like sacrificing a virgin to get a good game. Yeah, no, it was I mean, yeah, those those poor guys. My God. I mean, the, between yeah. them and Al Michaels, there should be some court ordered therapy. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that Al has just completely given up even pretending to care. Al couldn't give a single shit anymore. Like, he had back-to-back weeks of Broncos, Colts, and Commanders, Bears. After that, he said, I, I'm done. They showed him the other day in the booth during that, that Thursday night game that meant nothing between the Titans and the Cowboys. And, like, normally, you know, he wasn't dressed in, like, a windbreaker, but he was clearly just, like, casual. I don't care. Like, it was just – it was great. I love Al Michaels. Um, the best to ever do it. So – 
Look, I think this game – so I, I wrote about this game in Sack in the Box. I think this game is going to come down to a handful of things. I'm actually going to pull up what I wrote because okay. there's no way in hell I'm remembering it off the top of my head. I wrote like 3,000 words. Um, so the Bills are favored in this game for anybody they, wondering. Which I'm going to be – they should not be favored in this game. I, I'm sorry. They should I can agree with that. Um, so I wrote the winner of this game will come down to the following. Point A – is the bigger loss Von Miller or Lyle Collins? Point B, can Cincinnati bait Josh Allen into another red zone pick? And point C, can the Buffalo corners not name Travis White and Theron Johnson hold up? Whoever wins two of those three questions walks away smiling. That's it. I mean, for me, here, here's the concern I have in this game that I will tell who I guess I, I'm going to pick. Tredavious White, since he's come back from injury, has not been Tredavious White. He's been okay. He's not been awful, but he's not been him. Not been the you know elite top five. Right. Guy he's not been an all pro level player. He's been sure. fine, but he's not been you know we are like okay, he's shutting that guy down. Sure. Which is fine. He's coming off a torn shot. I get that. I'm not criticizing him, but like he's not fully back yet. Yeah. Dane Jackson has not played particularly well. Guy who they had high hopes for coming into the season. Yes. Too. Yeah. Kyer Elam has not played particularly well as first First round draft pick. Athletic for all, for all hell, but he's not been great. Um, If the bills corners are not good in this game, they're losing. Like the, the the Bengals will just throw and throw. I mean, it's just, I know the Bengals offensive line is not great, but it's, but Burrow gets rid of the ball very quickly. And I thought, Von Miller made the Bills a Super Bowl favorite. It was my favorite. I had two signings that I wrote about in the offseason that were my two favorite signings. Von Miller, one. Hassan Reddick, two. Reddick's been tremendous. I think he's the best value in, in, in entire free agency last year. Yeah. Miller, everybody freaked out about the size of the contract. That's all fluff anyway. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Losing Von Miller is devastating to them. It's like if the Chiefs lost Chris Jones. It's like if the Bengals lost Jamar Chase. Like it changes who you are fundamentally. They've had to blitz more without Von Miller, and they're still not getting home as much. So now you're taking guys out of coverage, but you're still not getting to the quarterback. That is a major problem against teams like Cincinnati and the Chargers and the Chiefs, where if you don't have the ability to cover and you're still not getting home, good night. Yep. They brought in Von Miller because 13 seconds happened last year. Like that's why he's there. And I think his absence is going to show up significantly in Monday night. I, look, Gregory Rousseau is a good young player. He is not Von Miller. No. And the Bills and these, you know, they're listen. They've won a lot of games recently. They're on a, they're on a nice little streak. I give them credit for that. If you look at who they've beaten here over this six game win streak, they beat the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. They beat the Lions. Jared Goff, fair enough. It's a quality, you know, somewhat quality win. I mean, the Lions aren't great, but decent enough. Mac Jones. Mike White slash Joe Flacco. Mm. Tua. They gave up 29 points to Tua. Justin Fields. Like, none of those teams. And compare that to the teams that the Bengals have beaten where they beat Kansas City in a, in a tough game. Um, right. They had at least one more, like, really quality. They beat. They came back and beat Tampa Bay when they were down by, like, 17. So the Bengals have won seven in a row. Very Carolina, Pittsburgh, fine. The Titans, they won the game where they were beat up. Mind you, all these games, by the way, didn't have Jamar Chase. Yeah. Then they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Browns with Watson. They beat the Bucks on the road. They beat the Pats. No, listen. You want to sit there and parse it a million ways to Sunday? That's fine. Like, we can sit there and do that. My point is, though, it's about this matchup. I think the Bengals' creativeness in their scheme defensively will do enough to slow down Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't have a ton of creativity in their scheme. They, they're very much what they are. They play zone. They don't try to blitz a lot. Um, although, like I said, that's increased. My concern for Buffalo in this game is Burrow is just going to pick them apart because their secondary is not that good. They lost Hyde. White's not the same guy right now. They don't have another corner that they can truly depend on on the outside. And on plays that are longer developing, like I just don't see like, who's the guy who's going to torture you with the pass rush. Who's that guy? I don't know who that guy is for Buffalo. I, Miller was that guy. Miller was the guy that, like, in a game like this, he's going to, he's the reason they beat the Chiefs earlier this year. 
He's the reason. I think not having him tonight's a difference. I think the Bengals will win. I don't think it's a blow by any stretch. I think it's a one-score game. I think it's even probably like a field goal game. But I think it's like 30 to 27, Cincinnati. Buffalo's going to be largely relying on Jordan Poyer and Matt Milano. And um, I think that's going to be – I mean, both of those guys, by the way, all pro-level players. Um, but if you can't get home eventually – with especially with the talent that the Bengals have out, outside with Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Hayden Hurst underneath the tight end as well. Like they've got guys all over the field that I don't know, man. It's gonna be fun. Um it feels like the Bengals are due for a bad game eventually that they don't win. I hope it's I hope we get a a well played game on both sides of the ball tonight. Um you know, it's not gonna be you know a lopsided victory or anything like that. So looking forward to it. Uh before we get out of here, anything that you want to make sure that people know about going into this week. Same old, man. Uh, Stack the Box podcast at noon Eastern, 11 Central on Tuesday over at YouTube. It isn't live. You can check it out. You can ask questions in the comments. Uh, you can subscribe anywhere you find your, uh, your your podcast. And then, yeah, Stack the Box column is up right now on fansided.com. I also tweeted it out. You can check that out. It covers the whole league. Tomorrow, power rankings Wednesday, quarterback rankings Thursday, picks. A few other pieces mixed in as well. Uh, last week, uh, I wrote uh, an insider uh, feature about Lamar Jackson's future and talked to a lot of people in the league, and they had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, so you can check that out. You can find that on my feed, or you can just Google it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much covers it. And for me, Steelers Grays on Sports Illustrated. Justin Fields piece coming later this week for Bears Bar and USA Today. Matt, I always appreciate talking to you, buddy. Happy New Year. Go. Uh, yeah, you said that you had some, some family coming in. Enjoy that for the next week. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. All right, everybody. We'll be back later this week, preview the final week of the NFL season, heading into the playoffs. Thanks for tuning in. It's Bump Bank. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.